Welcome to the My New Kings. It's Wayne here, and I'm excited to share with you our second episode of season one. Our team has worked hard to provide support for our community by highlighting the causes that deserve recognition. And so we're glad that you're here to join us on our mission to leave the world better than how we found it. Our topic for this episode is black women. We'll be touching on things like feminism, intersectionality, and biraciality from a practical, modern, and historical perspective. So without further ado, I present you with our second episode. All right, sweet. All right, hello everyone. So right here, is, it is episode two. Um, we have two guests with us right now. We have Hannah Harris and uh, Buddhiji uh, Eligwe. Did I say that right? Yes. Ooh. So we're <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. All right. Practice that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So glad to have you guys. For real. For real. Um, now, uh, one of the things. Oh, wait. I can't do this. All right. So I think we can just like go ahead and uh, get into it. So, uh, what do you guys think are some of the issues that Black women are going through in 2021 these days? Uh, with so much happening with like Shikari and, uh, you know, uh, uh, Simone Biles, uh, there's many different things that just happened this year alone that, you know, um, kind of like have been, I, in my opinion, personal p uh, pivot points for like women just kind of like sticking up for themselves and like doing things for themselves. What do you guys think? Um, well, I personally think uh, kind of two thoughts popped in my brain when you posed the question um, that, I mean, to a certain extent, people expect like, I mean, society as a whole. So let me give context is like American society as a whole expects, expects less from black women in general, I feel like. But then at the same time, on the other side of that, they'll like over scrutinize like every little thing that they do so at the same time like you can't win because you're at a disadvantage because people aren't willing to like give you the opportunity or the chance and that's kind of like a situation i'm facing now even at my current um current job they expect they they don't expect you to uh come to the table and bring a lot to the table but then at the same time um the smallest things that you do wrong they'll be like oh we expected you to do that wrong all along <laughs> basically you know that does make sense uh i think that like um uh where my mind where my mind goes usually is just what uh in relation to like black women black women in this regard is just like how can i do better in trying to like um not necessarily like of course represent them in a sense but kind of just like keeping my like, keeping myself like aware of like uh the different things that i uh, might be uh, the situations that I might be putting them in given like those kinds of like situations right like for me when I heard of all of this stuff going on I felt as though like um, I felt as though uh, you know the, the same thing as how everyone else kind of um, went through the whole emotions about Shikari and uh, how uh, everyone kind of like I, I tried their best to get mad at her even though she came like with her full self like kind of like cleared and kind of like 
um, conscious of the choices that she made and um, deciding um, deciding everything that was like best for her. And um, it just kind of, it just kind of like gave me sort of the um, impression that, um, you know, maybe that there's like a lot more to like, uh, a lot more to unpack in pretty much all of us. And I think I really want to make a point in just saying that like, you know, these leaders, because that's what they are, kind of leaders of just like uh, doing what's best for them should like always be pushed that like, you know, be said more as like examples, right? Uh, As far as what uh, should be expected out of people in general, not just like athletes, but like people in general, like, um if you guys are not like familiar with the situation with Simone Biles uh she was supposed to perform at the Olympics and um basically what happened was uh they didn't allow her to take her ADHD medication and uh essentially uh that made her kind of delirious while she was in the air and she wasn't able to focus so she decided to step down from participating in the Olympics and uh, you know some people have been saying like really harsh things about her about how like um, about how uh, the victory went to Russia because of that decision on her and you know who does she think she is for uh, you know doing all of the uh, uh, for even like thinking about herself you know in that in that regard for her mental health you know uh, that kind of stuff could end her career and I don't think people realize that and some people would even say that like uh, it's an honor to lose your career um, over that and I think that's just like that's crazy I will say like in this current time I feel like <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. Okay, I was just gonna say that I feel like the black women are just over scrutinized for whatever Mm -hmm. they do. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you like what Hannah was saying, it's like you can't win, you can't lose, regardless of what side of the spectrum you're on. So that's what I wanted to add to that. I think also there's an element like it's because there's two sides to it, right? Like not only um Simone Biles, she's uh, an athlete, she's a role model, she's uh, a celebrity. Um, And then the added layer, she's black and she's a woman in which the intersectionality between all those different things, especially being black and a woman is, um, there's issues that when you're black, when you're a woman in the black community, there's issues just separately by being a woman. Um, And I mean, a lot of the times, people just forget that like at the end of the day that (laughs) that if they were in somebody else's shoes how they approach a situation like all they see are those labels like Simone Biles the Olympic athlete and they don't remember that like if like what would you do if you were in this situation and this person if you were you or that was your child or that was your sister or if that was your brother and um they they judge people off the surface when in reality they couldn't even get to the same place that she's she's at right now so um or the the career the type of career that she's had um and i think 
people sit from like that ivory tower in a way without um, really considering and taking a look in the mirror at themselves. And then also the compassionate side of it, like they don't look for all the facts. And honestly, I feel like a lot of people are just looking for like to judge people in a way. Like they don't, they don't want to understand a lot of people. They don't, they don't care to understand because um, when you're around, and this is what I was originally, I'm kind of circling back to, like say that you're somebody who grows up like in a, a community that's primarily like one race, like uh, you grow up in a mostly white community um, or you're just generally any type of um, just single like type of person environment. You start to see other other people, different people as like stereotypes and, and these labels that you necessarily, like you haven't met people like that. And so you just assume that a certain type of person is gonna be lazy or something like that. When at the end of the day, everyone has their own, um, their own like desires and wants and, and needs and all these type of things and they're a person just like anybody else. And so I think people not only um, need to, and I think most people care to know, but they they aren't like, it's not challenged enough in their environment. Like they're not challenged on it enough to, to pursue that side of them that is compassionate. I don't think it is the majority of people who are hateful, but um, I think it is the majority of people who don't get challenged enough on their perspective <laughs> to um, kind of break those those ideas that you kind of get ingrained in you when you're only around a certain kind of person your your whole life. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, I'm not sure how to exactly combat that. I feel as though that's something that everyone kind of just has to make a decision within themselves to just like not be a shitty person. Exactly. <laughs> um, but um, I think that one of the things that actually just kind of does help um, are those female role models, right? So what were some of you guys' female role models? Like black female role models, of course. Um, well, I'll start with Mariah Carey, because obviously, <laughs> <laughs> I just think she's so iconic, obviously, but like, I just think that um, she's one of the like more, how do I put it, like a withstanding force in the Black community. Like she came out in 1990 and she's been like, you know, a staple in the community, like going through her ups and downs, personal career, like, well, not failures, but like, setbacks and things like that and like you know we've seen her journey from like the first singles to like emancipation of Mimi that's like her big comeback album in 2005 so like I feel like with black women in entertainment they're always like I said previously over scrutinized and so I think with Mariah it's like people scrutinize, scrutinize her on like a whole different level you know I feel like when one artist puts out an album and it does like one million or two million, you know, sales in a year, that's something really amazing. But when Mariah does it, it's like, okay, that's not enough because she's to like 35 million or like, you know, 50 million or whatever. Uh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Right. So I feel like, you know, that's one way where they judge artists and they don't take into, um, 
how do I put it? Taking to context the, how the culture that actually has sounds changed. very similar to um uh the the whole you know Simone Bio situation. Yeah. <laughs> like not gonna lie. Of course, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's crazy. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. It's okay. <laughs> and I just, you know, I'll finish it by saying that, you know, I feel like she's a she's a testament. Like I read her book, The Meaning of Mariah Carey, mm-hmm. and I also listened to the audiobook, and it's like it's such an amazing like delve into her life and like she tells a lot of personal stories behind like the songs she's written and like you know the stories behind them so it's it's a good book but my point just ends with saying that um black women are over scrutinized and they have to work harder than like everyone around them to do the same things like even with an actress like viola davis or like you know i don't want to compare and contrast artists Mm-hmm. actresses but like you know Viola Davis versus like Meryl Streep you know the kind of careers they've had you know but you know how much have they earned in their lives for the same type of movie roles and like you know accolades they've had it's just very different mm-hmm. and even going back to Mariah Carey like I remember a, a few years ago I don't it was either early college or high school for me that do you guys remember the, the Christmas performance that she had where oh, yeah, her the, earpiece everyone. wasn't working Yes. Yeah, and like, and everyone, like that was terrible. Like the what, the, like what people, the things they were saying about her. Like when, like at the end of the day, like do you see the career that she's had? And I mean, and the type of, like you said, the, just the type of artist she is, the caliber of artist. So I don't know. It's just it's 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 the same thing with Simone Biles. One thing can just like, just like throw away all of that type of stuff and um then that one thing overshines just a whole career of of mm-hmm. greatness mm-hmm. yeah um and unfortunately too like it's not uh just coming from like you know like uh you know the assholes who just kind of like judge people without doing anything themselves just like talking about it but like you know now certain like um content creators are like you know using the same tired out jokes of how uh pretty much like demonizing uh black women in a in a certain sense and um you know uh one of the things that like i'm talking about is like the you see at first like you know all and this has been going on since like um like the 60s when guys would dress up as like uh, girls in the comedy sphere and stuff like that and uh, this is not like a jab on comedy or anything like that this is more of like a <clears throat> kind of like a critique on why certain things are funny mm-hmm. and uh, why is it always funny when like uh, a black man is uh, dressing up as a black woman for the entertainment of you know like uh, of of white people pretty much like i i mean like i wish i can like make the umbrella bigger because it's not just white people laughing at this stuff we're being really honest right Um, yeah it's 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 i remember i remember i know exactly what you're talking about like i remember being in middle school and high school and like seeing videos like that and that was what was funny (laughs) yeah um you know content creators like i'm i'm mainly thinking of like youtube because i'm thinking that Mm -hmm. like you know, people kind of like always use YouTube. I think YouTube has like a monopoly on like content creators on like an individual level. And yeah. 
Um, yeah. Also, it, it comes down to also being like, and like I, I, I realize it's like, so I, I, I always wondered like why certain kind of humor bothers me, like while other cover, co- 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 sorry, other kinds don't. And it's like at the end of the day, I think most people just want to feel like in on the joke. So like, if black women are always the expense of the joke, you know, you get to wonder, it, like, what what's wrong with me? Why? What about me? Is you know what I mean? What's humorous? What's makes it so funny to the point where like I'm never in on the joke, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. The joke's always on me, <laughs> essentially. Well, uh, I want to kind of um, kind of shift a bit because this is like kind of supposed to be about like black women, right? And I apologize, Hannah. I did promise that you weren't going to be the only black woman here, and okay. uh, that's like. Um, and we're still like, you know, figuring out. I don't think I, it may not be the case um, by the end of the episode. But um, did you have any questions that you want to ask um, us, right, about um, uh, before we get down to like certain questions that we have um, uh, prepared for you, for you essentially? <laughs> um, I I guess I'm just. Um, the only question that really comes to mind is just like, kind of like what we talked about when I was texting back and forth with you, Wayne. It's just like, I have a very like unique perspective as um, of, of a multiracial black woman. Yeah, let's get that, into it. Like, I, I'm not like necessarily, I, I don't have the same experience as somebody um, as somebody who comes from, who's more black presenting, I should say, than I am. Cause a lot of the time people, uh, look at me and they don't always know that I'm black, like right off the bat, like they'll, they'll just see me as just racially ambiguous. And so, um, I, I guess like my, um, my, it's not, it's just like more, not so much as a question, but just a concern. I just, um, the perspective that I'm I'm coming from is going to be, I guess, a little bit different than the the average black woman's experience, mm-hmm. because I necessarily I have a certain amount of privilege that um, not all black women do, and um, I just want to make sure that that experience is being well represented too. So um, I'm hoping that uh, just like disclaimer that 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 can be approached that we can. <laughs> Yeah, else. we can. De- yeah, we can definitely <laughs> touch on that. I think it's also yeah. really important that um, that uh, p- multiracial people, just like you, are included in these conversations. Yes, you do come from uh, a place of privilege in that regard, um, but I think what um, a lot of people don't understand also is that you're not like half and half. You're like yeah. both, you know. And I think that that's really important because you see you see the world on both sides and uh if that's not like um if that's not like recognized in in someone then not only do they just not have the best interest of all black people um but you know they're pretty much putting on a facade in my opinion i don't know what you guys think what do you guys think And 
Yeah, that's that's so true. And it's it's this is literally so I um uh I'm like I said I'm a high school uh, choral director and um the at my school we have a black student union and every Friday they meet in my classroom and so um they literally were just having this conversation about um this this topic about um multiracial and biracial people and their 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 role in the black community and it was interesting to see the these high school students kind of coming to the the same conclusions um and honestly it i, I can see like it makes me really happy to kind of see um us moving in that direction because like i i remember like um growing up and not necessarily from like other black people but from like white people in my family like i would um i would like be be talking a certain way or i would look a certain way or, or all these things they want me to straighten my hair or to like be less like black presenting or like almost like pick a side in necessarily a way which is really sad <laughs> and mm -hmm. um and so and then also like a lot of the the dialogue just in general i don't think it was intentional was um towards oh you're not you're not black you're white you're mixed like yeah <laughs> so like, like not being able to like identify with either side other. so like it <laughs> exactly and so um it it's just um i guess it's just it's very heartwarming to like kind of see the dialogue moving in that direction because yeah definitely um yeah that, that is a big part that i've struggled with especially because i grew up in uh, a single family a single mom home and so it was just me and my mom and so most of my um my black role models black female role models came from going to schools in predominantly black communities um and so it was just it really does take a village to raise a kid <laughs> in a way and so a lot of the times i would get like both sides of 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 my culture from those experiences and so yeah i have a very unconventional <laughs> uh, i guess upbringing in that sense of where i kind of got my my role models from <laughs> in a way mm -hmm. yeah. so uh another question i have for you um uh, as it regards to um, some of those uh, role models, a lot of them are noted, you know, to be saying that, uh, you know, like Mariah Carey, I know, I know she, uh, she and Beyonce <laughs> have um, said, uh, spoken the term uh, glass ceiling before, right? Um, are, are there still glass ceilings in the workforce, right, in 2021? Uh, do you guys think? I know you guys are like, we're 20 somethings we're just starting our career and stuff like that but like um you know but now we're kind of like um talking about this now in an early stage right so like we can bring a unique perspective onto um some of those things as we're just like getting comfortable in our career choices right so um do you guys think they're like glass ceilings in those regards and where you guys where do you guys think they are I could speak on my experience. I have something to say about this. Um, so I, I think on the surface, the way that my career is going, I mean, I honestly, I've been like the luckiest person in the world to start at the place that I've started. Um, Cause Suncoast is an incredible school and I'm so grateful to be there. Um, so I think on the surface, it doesn't appear like I've hit a glass ceiling, but I think 
um, where I kind of get that feeling is that um, being black, being a woman and being my age, like all that kind of stuff, um, that the glass ceiling kind of comes into effect where like I've got the job, but now like I walk around and like my coworkers um, don't necessarily look at me like I have a lot to offer um, necessarily. Like um, every oh, time like I try yeah, like I, um, I mean, a lot of my coworkers, I'll preface that have been very kind, very welcoming to me. Um, but I, like, I will say that there has been a lot. <laughs> like, where, yeah, like, you're like, you're so capable too. Like, that's the weird part, <laughs> like, like about it. Like, <laughs> you let a, you let a college choir. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I don't they, know. I don't think people understand how hard that is. But, <laughs> but yeah, those it, who know know. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's just that's the thing. Like they just like, and that's kind of coming to the part like where they don't even give you the chance to like show it. Like my supervisors, yes, like people who hired me, yes, they gave me the chance just by getting the job. I'm so grateful for that. But like a lot of the times, like the questions I get from other teachers are like, "How old are you?" or "How long did you actually go to school?" or like. I, I tell them my experience, but they're like, but this is actually your first year of teaching, right? Like none of like the rest of my experience counts. Like it just feels like a lot of the times the questions that I get like are trying to discount kind of my credentials or like um, right. my my experience level. And I'm not gonna pretend like I like, I don't have a master's, I don't have a doctorate, but like I do have experience and I have like learned a lot and I spent a lot of time doing this. Like I started, I started teaching high school choirs when I was when I was in high school and um like in and on my own because um so I <clears throat> I don't know just it's it's kind of like people just don't really give you that chance um like like you, you maybe you'll get your foot in the door and you'll you'll have a seat at the table now but then like you're constantly having to do like 10 times just to prove that you deserve that seat, if that makes sense. That makes 100% complete sense. And that's actually why I actually um, really like Beyonce, probably just as much as Booty She likes Mariah yeah. <laughs> Um, Because, um, you know, Beyonce is all about um, not trying to like be a part of the table or like fight your way into getting that table, but, you know, creating space for yourself and like owning that space and inviting that space with the people that you trust best, right? And, uh, you know, I, uh, I think that, are you, did you say that you were like the sponsor for those kids in the Black Student Union or it's just in your room that they're hosting their meetings? I'm not the sponsor of the club, but they, they meet in the, the chorus room with their sponsor. Um, and yeah, so I'm not the sponsor, but I have um, like sat in on some of their discussions before. Mm -hmm. um, I, I always like almost chime into like what they're saying, but I'm so interested to see like the conclusions that they come to on their own. Cause high school, they just, that age group, I mean, kids in general just fascinate me like by how just intelligent they are, like in the conclusions that they're able to come to just by be having that certain like innocent, like this is just common sense quality about them and not having like the obscurities of like the um the adult world <laughs> kind mm. of like the pressures of the adult world like influencing that as much even though it does especially in high school to a certain extent um but yeah that they, they do meet in my room <laughs> and i i assume like there are some black women in your classes right oh yeah they're um 
I have a very, very diverse group of kids. I would say, um, I would say that it's probably maybe if I were to give a percentage to the the amount, like the ratio wise, I'd probably say I have maybe like 30% of black students, maybe like 40% white students. And then um, the other percentage would be um, just maybe like 10% um, from the uh, eastern part of the world. So countries like uh, China um, uh, or Japan, Korea. Um, and then off of that, I have kids from India, um, all over the world. So it's a very diverse group of students that I'm with daily. And it's interesting, um, like on the topic of black role models. So I, um, my, I, and I was sitting in the car and I guess I just never thought about it before, but the, the, the woman who got me into music, my elementary teacher, she was a black woman. And so I, I was thinking about it in the car and I'm wondering if like in the back of my mind, cause I've always known I want to teach music like my entire life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm wondering if seeing her was the thing that made me feel like that I could do it in a way. Um, and then even further, when I was getting into middle school and um, I had um, um, a black woman who helped uh, lead the choir that I was in in middle school, I had black women help leading the choirs I was in in high school. And so um, just to see that helped me. And then <clears throat> my kids, when they were talking to me about, like when they found out that their teacher was black, <laughs> They were like just happy to feel like they could be represented in a way. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> so, good. Yeah, like you're a teacher. You're already like a role model for the world. I personally think like you know teachers are gotta be bred a certain way. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, like Hannah could tell you. I tried. I tried being an educator for um, one semester, and I just realized I wasn't this type of teacher. I would support. <laughs> I would teach my kids like robots. <laughs> I, I can wholeheartedly say that I love the craft way more than I love um, uh, teaching the craft. But, you know, I believe that, you know, essentially that's the job of the teacher to be a role model, to like not do what I would do, <laughs> um, you know, to love your kids enough to be able to do that. And, um, you know, I'm just glad that you, like, you're even doing all, I didn't even know about that. Um, black student uh, union uh, like support that you're giving to them you know that's like that's great honestly I've never heard of a black student union in high school uh, before. School, right? Me neither. <laughs> until I got to the school yeah and I'm just wondering if like all of those kids are like um, uh, socially conscious of like the things that are going on today like what are they talking about you know I mean, uh, one of the topics that they, I mean, they cover not just like, um, just topics that affect black people in America. I've heard them talk about issues in Haiti, in, um, in, in different countries um, where the population is predominantly black. Um, they talk a lot, they talk about police brutality. One of the issues that came up the other day was, is it okay to say the N word in an academic setting for, um, 
a white English teacher because that happened the other day at my school. And um, yeah, it happened multiple times. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> and, um, and, they, and they have such intelligent things to say. And, um, and yeah, I, I'm just blown away by the kind of things that they talk about because most of the clubs at my school, the sponsor isn't really the person running, running the club per se, the, the clubs are student run. And so all the topics that they talk about are researched by the e-boards of, of the clubs. And um, they have an agenda every time. And it, the, especially with the Black Student Union, I, my room, there's people standing and my room is big. It seats uh, at least 50 to 60 people. And, um, and there's people standing usually eating their lunch and they have really thoughtful conversations about um, not just these issues that affect um, black people, black women, um, black kids, them, high school students that's right in their bubble, not just local context, but global context as well. Um, so yeah, they really cover just the full spectrum of, of topics and and that they're doing it on their own too, which is the interesting thing. Yeah, that's... You know, and the, the the just one more thing to add is that the only like the most I've seen their sponsor chime in is just to add something small to the discussion to steer it in a certain direction, but the kids come up with the topics completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I know that. Um, I think I think throughout college I've been getting caught up in all of the things that were kind of going on uh politically with me um that when I you know graduated I started to like expand my um thought process you know uh George Floyd um wasn't anything um new to me um I didn't even watch the video uh <laughs> I heard about it and I and I just got outraged and I was and I like I didn't even want to you know like people are filming that kind of thing and um while I think that there is some good that people are being held accountable because of those videos, I still think that me, the average person, I'm not a detective, I'm not a cop. Like, I don't need to watch that to know that's real. Um, and uh, I say that to say that, like, um, that was what I was going through in like 2020. But because I had that perspective, it gave me room to think about all the other things that were going on. And I started to, you know, when you start looking for other things, you start finding other things. And uh, unfortunately, um, some of the things that I found was that, yeah, um, they're like cops are killing uh, black boys, but also there are uh, black women going missing. And that just like gave me a whole different type of pause. Like, and that's a whole issue in itself. Oh my gosh, I was just talking about this the other night. Keep going. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, definitely. Like, black, like, like, people go missing all the time. And, and like, you know, you'll hear, you'll see it on the news. Uh, and, um, and I think everyone knows that, like, you know, you'll hear, um, a Stacy or a Jennifer uh, on the news first before you hear a um, like before you hear a uh, a Kyla or a, a, a you know a Tanise right so like literally what are you uh, like not what are you or what are, or like I think I mean like uh, 
just going through my research, I just found some like facts about it that just in general about like African-Americans and going missing and stuff like that. And what are some of the things that people are doing to kind of try to uh, support them uh, in that regard. So um, one of them I have here is Five hundred and forty-three thousand and eighteen people have gone missing in 2020 alone. Wow. Uh, 37% were minorities uh, of people of color. Uh, nearly 40% of missing persons are persons of color. Yet African-Americans make up only 13% of the population. Wow. That's crazy. And, you know, and uh, it's reminiscent to... Um, prison st statistics of course um because of course the, the um black lives matter movement uh definitely like raises awareness about uh those kinds of things uh supporting all black lives um so uh if i'll just like uh say for all of our viewers real quick let me find this link so i can tell you guys the correct website but hmm, that's not the correct website but basically there's a website for um for uh missing oh, there we go for missing um african-americans uh as you know if you, anyone uh, that may hear this episode is uh, missing a loved one. You can register them through uh, Black and Missing Inc. Inc.com, and you'll be able to uh, just put them on a registry for people to look out for. There are people actively looking for missing people, um, and those that's just one of the ways you can help um, uh, do that. Um, in the description, we're also going to. Uh, put a list of the names for from the campaign say their names um, just because uh, you know we don't we don't forget those that we lost along the way um, and we pay tribute in that way um, but uh, <clears throat> yeah uh, do you guys have anything you guys want to say before um, we move on to questioning I'll just say that it's that's so sad yeah <laughs> literally like brings like a tear to my eyes and then you'll have people who like you'll try to talk to them about these issues and the the end of the day and <laughs> I was I literally was just talking about this the other day Pe you have to make people believe that it's an issue first because most people don't think a lot of people don't think it's an issue that, that it's not Probably true like Mm -hmm. Like there's, they'll say, you'll tell them, you'll be like, this is true that uh, uh, all these statistics that you're talking about and that, um, that, that white women are more, you'll see, they will be the most, like anytime a white woman goes missing, it will be on the news. You don't see the same type of jump up and concern when um, a black person, especially a black woman goes missing on the news and you'll be met with, but that's not true. I've never noticed that before. Or 
I, that's not, I don't think that's true. I've never, uh, I never noticed anything like that before. So the, the big thing too, in addition to like making people care is just making people actually realize oh, that there's an, an issue to begin with. Mm-hmm. Cause you'll explain it to them and then they won't, they won't, they won't believe it's an issue. <laughs> and it's crazy yeah, to me. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, um, I think we kind of touched on this in our last episode. Uh, about algorithms and how like literally algorithms play such a huge role in our um, everyday lives because if you're not looking for something you won't find it right it's kind of going back to that to that kind of thing right um like uh if you don't care about black women then you're not going to um find uh those kinds of like um outreaches or those kinds of like uh, organizations that are actively like working on these issues because they know it's a uh, it's a thing and um yeah uh, i think that um uh, i think that's true in all cases like if you uh like if the reason why like you wouldn't watch this episode but you would watch like all the other episodes on our podcast you'd like um is because like we're talking about black women you think it has nothing to do with you then like then like do you not have a sister do you not have like um you know some like a black woman who more than likely because like they're notorious for being like amazing friends and amazing like uh people who are like the most empathetic people um that personally have been in my life right um literally why like um like not saying that like you don't necessarily care about them but um um but like how like if you're not really like uh supporting them uh, like truly supporting them then like why are you actively like being in the way by staying ignorant now that you know right um and that's just like my point on like that and a lot of many issues uh, as well <laughs> but like yeah that i couldn't agree more <laughs> that spoke to my heart <laughs> all right so before we get into our community questions for the episode we have a short trivia for our listeners try your best to guess the correct answer to these questions about our episode on black women what is the definition of feminism Who is the first black woman to go into space? What South African group created the Bantu Knots? Check your answers at the end of the episodes to see if you guessed right. Now back to our episode where we answer some questions from our community about the topic. So yeah, uh, let's get into these questions in this first question. Um, uh, I'm going to play a video for you guys and I'm going to ask you guys uh, what you guys think about it. So the question here is, uh, what is feminism? Uh, Wow, I missed the whole word. What is white feminism? (laughs) Yeah, do you guys know? What are you guys thinking about it so far? What is white feminism? I think it's (laughs) feminism that uh, just focuses on the, just forgets about black women, essentially, or my, my minority women in general, uh, puts them on the black burner because at the end of the day, um, right? So white men are always going to get 
the their rights, their 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 things first, then white women, then um, depending on the issue, it honestly really depends. Usually, it's black women who get the short end of the stick in regards to our black people in general to their rights and to freedom. So um, I would just say it's it's feminism, but it, excluding. Uh, <laughs> basically the the popular girls table <laughs> of, <laughs> of feminism <laughs> essentially uh, true yeah i think so too um very much so um and this is a video uh, pretty much specifying on why we need to talk about it right especially in a conversation about uh black feminism so I'm not going to start it now. I'm going to do this first. Now I got to optimize it for you guys so you guys have a good experience. Oh, that's surround sound. <laughs> You might have heard the term white feminism used lately, after Nicki Minaj and Taylor Swift's Twitter exchange, or when people critique HBO's girls. But what does it mean? Basically, white feminism is feminism that ignores intersectionality. So not all feminists who are white are white feminists. But most white feminists are white, because white people just don't have to think about things like race on a daily basis. And we're not just pulling the race card. White feminism excludes the experiences of basically anyone who's not white, cis, and straight. Here's why that's so problematic. First, it assumes the way white women experience misogyny is the way all women experience misogyny. And that's just not true. White feminism aims to close the wage gap between men and women. But what it fails to recognize is that most of the time, Latina and black women make even less than white women. And police brutality should be viewed as a feminist issue, but it doesn't affect white women the way it affects women of color. If Sandra Bland had been a white woman, would a simple traffic stop have resulted in an arrest? Would she be viewed as a loud, angry black woman? Would she be dead? White feminism ignores the role that whiteness plays in creating things like beauty standards. White women are most often the faces of feminism. Tina Fey, Tara Swift, Amy Schumer have been able to break into industries that have been dominated by cis white men. But black women, women of color, we face barriers that white women don't. Critiquing white feminism isn't about silencing those women. It's about opening up space for even more diverse voices to be heard. And that's great for everyone. Being a white feminist doesn't make you a bad person. It just means you have a lot to learn. The most important thing any white feminist can do is educate herself and listen and engage with the experiences of women of color without silencing them. Because sometimes as white ladies, we just have to shut the fuck up. <laughs> that was clever. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah, that's a great video, great crash course. Very uh, informative. Mm -hmm. A lot of information in a short amount of time. <laughs> yes. And clear. Concise. I think you're muted. You're muted. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, I, that's definitely why I think that uh, why I wanted to like kind of go over it. Um, and now my slides don't want to work, but it's okay. We got this. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's why I thought it would be good to kind of share here. You know, not too many people would probably come across that um, video, but um, and of course I'll link it um, in the description. But like, it's definitely uh, a a uh, great crash course, right? Like it kind of covers all the points, right? Like it kind of just like uh, hits pretty much for home that like there are a lot more like uh, deeper problems that are going on if we're gonna be talking about women in general and um, like how we talked about like, you know, the missing um, black women epidemic uh, that's going on and um, pretty much just like uh stressing the importance of uh intersectionality in that way so um i have another question for you guys what is intersectionality and how is it related to feminism do you guys know i don't mind going first um so so intersectionality basically what is it it's um kind of the idea I talked about this a little bit in the beginning that um you can't really like being a black woman you can't really like you're like put like compartmentalize the two ideas because um you there's a unique experience to being a black woman not just being a woman or being black but um the like kind of like the Venn diagram idea, right? Mm-hmm. So like the center of that Venn diagram is essentially the experience and you can't really separate one from the other because if you were just a white woman, you wouldn't be having the experience of a black woman. If you were a black man, you wouldn't be having the experience of being a woman. So it's intersectionality is when you um, you can't really, it's the overlap of the, the issues that face you because you have two of these identities where you're faced with a certain amount of um, of prejudice and um, disadvantage. Right, 100%. And I think that's kind of why, I think that's the main, uh, I think that's, excuse me, y'all, I'm so sorry. Um, But I think that's one of the main, um, uh, like, uh, core issues that uh, Black people are kind of uh, tired of explaining to white people. Uh, because so like so often that's forgotten and it's not taken into account and when we hear the words like white solidarity and like uh, um, cooperation amongst races and stuff like that coming from white people then it's like kind of raises the eyebrow and kind of like is like okay well y'all don't even listen to us right and like they don't even see us as people let alone like wanting to help us right like when you don't even see the issues as issues (laughs) yeah and like uh it's not like uh you know and i i think it's kind of like to the point now where it's like there's enough information out there for you to help if you want to help and um uh, i think that um, there's a lot of things that you can incorporate into your life, your career, your uh, health, your like, um, like your social life, your uh, like all of the, all the different th- types of things that you're doing in in your life to like be able to 
experience that sort of um uh, experience that sort of just bettering of a community right and i think that's what it all just kind of comes down to in my opinion right um just like educating yourself constantly no matter what about like different people different things i i'm a proponent for like traveling all the time you know people are different everywhere you go um and like uh but these are these are kind of the things that is um at the forefront of like many issues because it's such a basic thing right like uh like uh women and why are we still questioning their um uh their relevance in life right like the like i'm gonna be honest right i don't understand i don't understand the wage thing right someone want to like explain that to me for a bit because like i understand like for uh for every dollar a man gets a woman probably gets like 70 cents or like or like even lower for like um uh different races right but like i'm not understanding how how something like that can happen from like uh i mean yes capitalism definitely does play a role in into uh that but um but there's just like active hate that i kind of wanted to just adjust uh, address just because i feel as though if there's like active hate okay where's that hate coming from right like yeah it's like a kind of problem solving kind of situation but you know it kind of takes that kind of perspective also to kind of try to um just like get to the core of certain issues and uh see exactly what is needed to um uh, to combat those kinds of people right because essentially they're the ones uh, opposing us as feminists right mm-hmm. um and uh I think just thinking about that in our everyday lives, we might come up with solutions that um, uh, that you, we otherwise wouldn't have prior to all the information that we just get on a daily basis. So yeah, um, that's how I felt about it. I feel like I'm talking a lot for a woman, uh, <laughs> for a black woman episode, but um, <laughs> uh, I kind of wanted to, uh, uh definitely definitely accommodate uh i like again uh i'm sorry like <laughs> that uh this is how things kind of like turn up turn out but i'm like i'm enjoying this uh this episode uh with you uh, uh hannah uh not to say that you know like um Buduji and Devante aren't here as well i think um uh, i think i've i've learned uh, a lot about a lot about you hannah <laughs> and a lot about like just like uh just the situation that like um is going on in that like world right um i had no idea that kids these days had an interest in this kind of stuff oh the the i (laughs) they have like i i just the difference between like when and i'm what year did you graduate high school wayne 2016. okay so i graduated i graduated a year after you um I, um, so then we were in high school around basically the same time. The difference 
with this group of kids from when I was in high school. When I was in high school, I wasn't talking about this kind of stuff. I was thinking about chorus <laughs> and, and, and watching my TV shows or doing whatever I was going to do. But um, it's these kids, they, they, they talk about this stuff just as a part of their conversations and they're so considerate of each other um, from and and they care less about i mean even the i think the most relevant one even aside from um the be the intersectionality of being a black woman uh from being a black woman who's part of the lgbt community that there's that too so and these students they they talk about these kinds of things and they're respectful of those kinds of things they respect each other's pronouns and the struggles that they're coming from and they they don't judge each other and they make a point to um to be cognizant of these things in a way that when i was growing up that was not the case <laughs> even just is, a couple it, is it like a sense of a community kind of like with all of them there definitely and um I, I would say for sure. And they care less about, um, I think while they care more, what I think what has happened is that they care so much about these issues and being compassionate and respectful to one another that it's almost made these, um, these labels kind of disappear as much that they don't, they don't, they see the, Kind of the idea I was talking about when how you have these stereotypes of these certain kinds of people that you separate the humanity from them. They they just look at each other and they they care about each other genuinely and their their issues and their concerns and the issues that affect them. So it, it certainly is a a sense of of community and even they cared they care less about. Uh, while they they show attention to these barriers, they care less about them. They they don't care as much about gender anymore. Like when I was in high school, I feel like the main reason that boys didn't do choir was because they thought it was a girl thing. But now I have I have kids in my choir who um, are on the swim team. That are uh, I have kids in my choir who are on the basketball team, um, and. It just, it, it's refreshing to see in a way. And it makes me feel like we're going in the right direction. That they, they are that intelligent at that age. It blows my mind. Definitely. Um, one of the things that I was kind of conscious of um, just going growing up was like, dang, like when I leave high school, that's kind of it, right? Like, like you like, like that's kind of it like even in college it's not the same because like when you when you're in high school like that's when you're like you could do no wrong you're like in an environment where you're you have no control which absolves you of like a lot of um responsibility but the thing about kids is always like they are always looking to like be the best versions of themselves regardless and um, I think like the way that's kind of manifesting in high schools right now, like um, that's something that like us as adults have to like kind of brush up on and refresh when we have a, have a second, right? And um, these kids can just like uh, do it and be that example for us. So um, it's really touching to hear that story from you, especially considering the stereotypes on Florida in general, as far as like, <laughs> um like florida's uh political and um uh cultural leaning 
um, by majority, I would say. Not South Florida, but <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you completely. And like I, I said, like I'm kind of am in a, um, I'm in a school that's kind of the exception <laughs> to a lot of the rules in a lot of ways because of the school that it is, and that's a positive thing and a negative thing. I will say that because the kind of the idea you're talking about how kids want to be the best version of themselves, like they take it to the point where they just get overwhelmed very they put too much on their plate but um but also so the experience of high school is a large um i it may be different than that but at least that's what i'm seeing from the experience that the place that i'm at in my life and i, I will say that i have noticed that even with uh the other high school students that I've worked with outside of Suncoast um, through student teaching and those kind of things. You know, for, I was just gonna say for high school, I went to boarding school, so I feel like- Sorry, can you say that again? I couldn't hear you that well. Of course, I went to boarding school for high school. Yeah, so I went to boarding school for five years and I feel like, you know, it's, you, you definitely get influenced like major by peers, you know, because you're living with them. You know, it's, it's like you're in a college dorm, but not allowed to leave for like months. So, you know, I feel like, you know, you just get influenced a lot with your peers there for sure. Yeah, yeah for sure. Definitely. <laughs> um. So I think... I was going to have uh, <clears throat> uh, Willow on tonight, uh, uh, who could give us a perspective of the Black trans experience. Um, unfortunately, she couldn't be on, uh, but we'll definitely have her on for another episode. So uh, stay tuned for that for our next one, <laughs> part two, y'all um, coming soon. Very. Uh, yeah. So, um, but. I'll just uh, leave it off for this last question since we're running out of time soon. Um, Hannah, can you tell us uh, what, it's kind of a two questions, right? So what can men in general learn from women in your opinion? And also how can we educate men on how to uh, treat women better or deal with the women better than already like how, um, on a general level, uh, whether that be like, um, uh, as far as like staying uh, up to date on like some of the concerns that Black women are going through, uh, um, and just in general, we how you however you take that question. Um, I I would say I guess the best way to kind of educate men about these issues is just like. A lot of the times, like, I can't say this enough, people, um, a lot of the times, the men don't think it's an issue. So if they don't, if they don't even respect it enough to, to be an issue, then they're not going to try to fix anything because then there's nothing to fix. And so a lot of the times, like, when I have to explain these types of things, I have to be like, well, and when I explain a situation or something that I went through or something in the news or like, I'd be like, okay, but what if this was you? What if this was your mom? What if this was your daughter? And then it's interesting just to see like, and this sounds so negative, but how like, I guess self-centered people can be because um, they'll only, 
see that it's messed up when the, the scenario is turned on them or when right. it's about somebody that they affect. So then um, I guess that's where I would start is just to like put yourself in somebody's shoes and it seems so basic, but then to take that a step further and, and um, with any issues uh, um, that at the end of the day, you might not think that you know anybody that it affects or that it doesn't affect you, but that's not true. <laughs> There's somebody that you know that it affects or somebody that you're going to know that it's going to affect or it's going to be your kid one day that it's affected by it. Right. And so if you don't stand up for what's right now and you don't recognize these things, then one day it is going to impact you and it's going to impact somebody that you care about, even if it does not directly. So I guess the best way is just to kind of put yourself in somebody else's shoes and then after they take that step in realizing that it's actually an issue, um, at the end of the day, it's nobody's job to educate you on these issues. You have to go out and, and do the work yourself. So, uh, well, now find, it's mine, but... <laughs> yeah, 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 find, find, find content creators like you or that, that talk about these things, but then also take it that step further and... Um, and like get things from primary sources like seek out like when we we're just talking about the epidemic of missing black women um seek out uh these names uh see look out for the objective information the statistics right because uh, evidence you can't deny evidence at the end of the day it's a it's objective it's not <laughs> it's not uh, an opinion so you can't argue with that and um after you put in the work to understand the facts, then add the compassion back into it and be like, okay, now what can I do as a, a man, whether a black man, a white man, um, somebody who's part of the Latinx community, any of those identities to um, help in a lot of ways. And but the kids were just having this conversation about what white people could do to help their role in helping the black community. and. At the end of the day, uh, another man who is misogynist, racist, any of those types of things is not going to listen to a black woman explain her issues. He's going to listen to another man explain it to him. So you have to educate yourself and then you have to educate the help. Um, like when you see something messed up, educate somebody else because they're not going to listen to the person who's getting made fun of or that it's affecting they're only going to listen to people that they see as equal to them so um you have to do your part if you really want to help by kind of being that voice and providing that platform in a way um and that's a sad truth um i guess and then the other part of your question if there's anything that as a multiracial uh, black woman that I would want um, men to know in general is just, I mean, keep providing the the platforms for these women to speak their truth and um, just listen. <laughs> That's it. Just listen and put yourself in somebody else's shoes because um, I guarantee if a lot of this stuff was happening to you, then it wouldn't feel good. So just simple. It comes down to, like you said, don't be a crappy person. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Listen.
that's basically I, it. <laughs> thank you for that. Yeah, definitely. Because I, you know, anyone that knows me knows that I come from a perspective of like, um, like when I I'm about community all all around, right? Like we live on this, we live, we all live on this planet. We're all a community, and like we're just breaking it down, like barrier or like barrier to barrier or like subcategory to subcategory but like overall like we all live in this planet and we all have to share our resources and stuff like that regardless anyway and how we do that might be subjective country to country but on an individual level day to day it's like it's up to you to just wake up every day to just not be an asshole and just like um and just like uh recognizing when you are and instead of um making that decision to ignore it to just make that decision to be a better person right like better than you were yesterday and um like i i think that like um i think that can be applied in many different ways but specifically for like black women in general um like i hannah said it best <laughs> like just listen and like you know just um, you know do your like do your best to uh address the things that need to be addressed and um i did want to touch on uh, black trans women <laughs> um but we'll have to like save that for another time um right now i wanted to move on to uh some call to actions for everyone uh, listening. Um, we have uh, things that you can support uh, for the feminist uh, movement. There is Women to Women, which is basically the Women's March. It has a tons of different petitions, events, um, and uh, different fundraisers that you can support uh, just to help out the movement in spreading this awareness, doing the things just like um, we as individuals try to uh, spread out because again, it's it's about awareness and pe what people don't know, um, they can't help it, right? And uh, the more we push these things into like the people uh, uh, people's faces, then the harder it is for people to just ignore, you know? There are horrible things going on in the world and you can choose to ignore it. You can choose to dismiss it. And you can choose to just like, not even like think about it. Or you can like actually like be a part of the solution, right? I feel as though like <laughs> I started this, um, I started this um, episode like, <laughs> kind of on a grim note but at the same time like it, i i i'm pretty confident that i'll leave this episode very hopeful especially about like you know pretty much your testimony about like the kids in your school right um i think that uh florida on the majority level is in the minority in terms of like the consensus on how uh we feel about um feminism and that uh, consensus would be like white feminism <laughs> essentially um, um but like you know your kids definitely uh give me hope on that front um another thing that you can support is the black and missing foundation um for missing men women and children of color um uh if you if you know someone that's gone missing uh 
and uh, the Black Trans Advocacy Coalition. Um, Basically, uh, there are tons of dif- different resources that like people can <coughs> access to just help make the world a better place. So um, those are uh, the things that you can search up and definitely get into if you want to uh, dive further into um, if any of these, uh, I would say, events or like different um, organizations like catch your ear or mean something to you, definitely get involved. You know, uh, Florida, uh, like, uh, you know, always on this um, on this platform, we definitely like, you know, um, talk about Florida a lot um, because, you know, we're trying to change the image of Florida. (laughs) Essentially, there are some good people in Florida and um, no one will know unless, you know, awareness. Right. So uh, those are some great ways to help. Um, and, uh, like this is, this has already been said in our trailer, but every single one of the, um, um, episodes, uh, uh, we have a portion of our, uh, um, funding going to them, um, in support, definitely, um, in order to just raise awareness for, for them. Um, do you guys have anything you guys want to say before we, um, tune out for today? Well, thank you for having me. I, I had a great time. It was nice to meet some new uh, new friends, and yeah. it was it was great to get back in touch with an old one. Uh, I missed <laughs> I missed our conversations, Wayne. I I talked to I uh, talked to Daniel about our like I I talked I mentioned our conversations all the time with him yeah. and like how I miss like having them. So I'm glad I was able to be here. And um, yeah, even if you guys decided down the road that you wanted to make it like uh, cause black women, I feel like it's such a broad topic. Like you could get into yeah. like, um, like even more like specific uh, ideas um, mm-hmm. related to that topic. So if you guys ever wanted to circle back around and talk about something like more specific, like LGBTQ black women or, uh, or even uh um, colorism or texturism in the um, in the com- uh, black woman community. I mm. think I, w- I would love to come back. So just just thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like we're small now. We're just getting our people like um, coming into our community. Um, but we'll definitely have to have a black woman part two, um, and we can hear. Uh, uh, a bunch of different perspectives from um, everyone and um, thank you guys so much for coming on did you have anything you wanted to say Budiji? yes yes I was just gonna say thank you for having me it was such an informative and like you know riveting conversation we had I feel like we delved into some things that were good and I hope that you know we definitely like pique people's interest and about stuff to talk about and hopefully you know just like like what she said in the end of how like men what what we should do to be better so Mm -hmm. yeah that's amazing yeah anything you have to say today yes thank you guys so much for being a part of it um more than uh, you guys are more than welcome to be a part of any other episode as well um uh, and uh we would love to uh what you call it um uh help like share you guys's uh social media um uh if you guys would, would like to 
um do you guys have an ig or twitter that our our listeners can maybe like uh like uh that you would like to share you guys don't have to but like <laughs> but um it's definitely uh something that like you know you guys are leaders in our um uh in our community and we would like to treat you as such so i just wanted to provide that opportunity for you guys oh yeah why not yes i mean yeah, my sure. instagram <laughs> is um elusive xhs so i just spell it e-l-u-s-i-v-e underscore xhi so you guys can follow me i'm private but i'll accept yes so let's have a moment <laughs> um i don't really have any social media to shout out i mean i have social media but it's like oh yeah that's true I, that I, is I ghost. i'm not like into it like that i just I just, watch, I just watch youtube and uh have my facebook teacher groups that i'm in but um but as as far as um like doing my shout out i have um my winter concert with my kids december 16th mm-hmm. um 6 30. so if anybody's interested in uh hearing some some good music they're working hard uh come out to sun coast high school december 16th at 6 30. yeah <laughs> nice thank you guys so much for being a part of it um really appreciate it and we love you guys thank you for having us yes Bye. have a thank nice you. night Thanks for watching our second episode. We appreciate the love and support everyone has given us so far. And if you have any questions for us, you can check out our website at theminutekings.com. Now here are the answers to the trivia held in the intermission. What is the definition of feminism? The belief in and advocacy of the political, economic, and social equality of the sexes expressed expressly through organized activity on behalf of women's rights and interests. Who is the first black woman in space? Mae Jemison. A US astronaut, doctor, and engineer, Mae Jemison became the first black woman to go into space in 1992. What South African group created the Bantu knots? The Zulu tribe created the Bantu knot hairstyle and can be traced back to the second millennium BCE throughout 1500 CE. I hope you guys enjoyed our quiz for black women. To wrap up, I want to encourage you to join us as a guest if you want to participate in our discussions of various topics. We would love to have your perspective and we can make it worth your while if you have something you would like us to promote during the episodes. Check out our website for more info on how to support our community and thank you again for your support. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and stay engaged with us. Uh, We do live sometimes on streams, usually on Wednesdays. Uh, and our community members can communicate with us daily. So uh, that being said, be a leader, educate yourself, and create space and communities. Love you guys. Bye. to go into uh, intermission um, and like intermission is basically like where we cut off the video 
and or like the the episode and uh, i basically go post edit and um kind of like do voiceover for like a quiz and the quiz is actually uh these three questions uh and uh it's uh one of the questions is what's the definition of feminism one of the things that uh I personally learned in uh, the Dave Chappelle special was that people just don't even know what the definition of feminism even is, right? Can I go? Yeah, they don't know what the definition of feminism is, but they like hate it vehemently. Right. My favorite definition is from uh, my favorite feminist, um, Shimamanda Ngozi Adichie. She's an author, a Nigerian author. And her definition from what I've seen is a feminist is someone who believes in the social, political, and economic equality of the sexes. And mm-hmm. you know, I think it's a simple and nice definition. It doesn't like say female domination, cut people's, you know, yeah. appendages off or anything. You know, it's just like, you know, equality for all. Yeah, it's the one that makes sense. And I think that, I think we have a similar one here the belief in and advocacy mm-hmm. of the political, economic, and social equality of the sexes expressed ex- especially through organized activity on behalf of women's rights and interests. Um, yeah, uh, what do you call it? Um, that's the that's the first uh, answer. Do you have that? Uh, uh, can you write on the chat what um, uh, that, that woman's name? I never heard of her before. Oh, of course, yeah. I read a few books um, by her. Um, she's amazing. Another thing that I've noticed too is like you'll tell people the definition of what feminism is, and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, I believe that, but I'm not a feminist." <laughs> it's like there's just so much uh, stereotypical negative uh, connotation associated with just the word that even mm-hmm. if you—that's what you—that's. You, you agree with it that's what you identify with it people just have this caricature of what they think it is <laughs> mm-hmm. definitely um the, the second uh yeah and i think it, like we all know it could be very hurtful and, uh um and sometimes violent um but yeah the second this is all like trivia questions too but like uh uh, we ask them in the intermission and then we answer them in the outro. Um, the second one is who is the first black woman in space? Oh, has there been a black woman in space yet? Yes, there has. Um, May Jemins, Jemison. Wow, what year? U.S. astronaut, doctor, and engineer May Jemison became yes. the first black woman to go into space in 1992. Wow amazing that's crazy like literally space i'd love i'd love to get my doctorate one day too i'd love that for her that's amazing (laughs) i'm in my master's now and i'm almost regretting it so i don't know about the doctorate (laughs) (laughs) well fair enough i'm glad that you said that because i i'm so torn (laughs) but that's incredible I just to think like people just going into space like that's insane. Now you got um, billionaires going to space now, right? That was crazy. Like I feel like Jeff Bezos. 
And then I and also I, I don't want to even talk about men too much, but Elon Musk like making over three hundred billion dollars. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, I have some Tesla shares, so I'm gonna make my money too. The last question was uh, the South, the what South African group created the Bantu knots hairstyle? Oh, I don't know this one. It was Wait, the, the Kosap, like T H O S A or Sosa people or something like that. No, it's okay. the Zulu tribe. Okay, sure. Wow. <laughs> not hairstyle. Wow. And can be it can be traced back to the second millennium BCE throughout a uh, thousand five hundred CE. Wow. That's incredible. Mm. I love history. Oh my right. goodness. Yeah. I'm curious. I have a question for everyone. Mm-hmm. Just like a general question. So I watch a lot of Real Housewives. And so I feel like, you know, in pop culture, like, you know, black women influence pop culture a lot. And so what do you think about how Real Housewives is in representing black women on our televisions? I think that they have like, I don't know, I feel like every one of those women have like different personalities. So I don't think it's a bad thing. But I think that somebody like Nene Leakes, who's like outspoken, are the ones who like, you know, get the most attention out of like little stereotype of being like loud or whatever. Which is what people like, I guess. Yeah, like they make good TV. Yeah. I think I don't think it's a a bad thing in itself, but I think if that's the only people that if that's the only black women that people are watching and they don't have other role models in their day-to-day lives or they don't look to other places and that's when those stereotypes and caricatures get formed that negatively affect uh, uh, black women in day-to-day lives because you have this expectation upon meeting somebody then. Yeah, and they live different lives, right? Mm -hmm. I I personally uh, haven't seen uh, The Real Housewives. No one has ever introduced me to it, so <laughs> I just haven't made that leap yet. <laughs> you have Hulu? Huh? Do you have Hulu? I do have Hulu. It's on Hulu? Yes, honey. Uh, period. Like, like every city's <laughs> on there. I'll text you which ones to watch. <laughs> All right. Thank you for that. Yeah, I'll have to get on it. Yeah, I don't watch Real Real Housewives, but I do watch... Uh, do any of you guys watch uh, Black and Crew? Black and Crew? Is that a tattoo show? Yeah, I, I love tattoo shows. Yeah, it's a it's it's kind of similar that it's like a reality TV show drama type of thing. Oh, really? But it's a, it's a, a tattoo studio that's um, uh, run by a predominantly Black tattoo artists. Oh. And it's just about their lives and... The, their drama and all this kind of stuff. It's actually a pretty good show. <laughs> yeah, True. I recommend it. Yeah. But you put it in the chat for us? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. 